UQES acknowledges the Guyabal and Jarawa peoples of the Toowoomba area and pays respect to elders past, present and future. Welcome to the Worldonomics podcast, brought to you by the UQES diversity team. I'm Liam. I'm Bronwyn. I'm Jo. And I'm Maylise. And each week, we bring in a new guest to talk about the issues that matter. Um, with everything that's gone on this year, I feel like there has been a very big divide between Australians to whether, um, like especially with the Black Lives Movement, to whether racism exists in Australia or not. I've definitely seen um, from other people kind of turning a blind eye or not um, seeing the, the problems that we have here in Australia. What do you have to say to those people who don't think that racism happens in Australia? Um, well, I think that really they've got, they've got to get out of it more. I think they've got to widen their circle of friends because quite often you find that um, um, once you do do that, you find that you know, racism affects everyone. Um, you know, if I actually did some work around cross-cultural awareness with the Australian Federal Police and the Native Tribal Tribunal, this is in, a, in another life, um, and what we found there is that you know, it's not only racism, but it's also about you know, how we treat one another. Um, and I think it's what we found within doing cross-cultural awareness with different groups. And we ran cultural awareness, um, strategic awareness within CSIRO when I worked with them. And what we found was is that there are people who have a lot of these different prejudices. Let's not call it racism at the moment because it may be just prejudice. Yeah. And prejudice means, you know, that's built upon views of others or an ignorance. And once they have this other information, they go, oh, there's a light bulb moment, and they go, oh, I didn't know that. And that all of a sudden their views um, change. Yeah. Um, and so, but when we have this institutional racism, then everyone seems to think, well, it's institutionalised, we only have to look at Fox, um, um, Fox Media. Yeah. Um, and you look at uh, any of the murder uh, media sort of outlets and you'll see that, you know, it's very evident and um, um, and we don't know why. You know, you've only got to look at it. And for intelligent people, we then say, well, why would you want to sell that um, along those lines? Because all you're doing, what sort of joy they get out of it, I don't know. I think that it's starting to change, but there are a lot more people now. We only see those who are racist because that, that's the one that the media grabs, the Channel yeah. 9 grabs, Channel 7 grabs. We don't, uh, and the Fox grabs. The others who don't believe in racism, well, that's not newsworthy, so they, don't talk, they won't talk to uh, people like you and I. They'll yeah. talk to the ones who are, who are racist to say, well, this is a real Australia. And you say, well, you know, what is the real Australia? Yeah. Oh, it's like us. Well, what are we? You know, what is us? Because it, the world's changing. Yeah. The world's changing, you know, and it's um, and they're going to get. Unfortunately, they're in control of the media, 
And so they're the ones that I think that you could almost see them clawing and trying to hang on to those racist ideals and try and sell them. But a lot of intelligent people, uh, a lot of people are more intelligent than what they think they are. And they just say, well, hang on a sec, you know, that's old hat, you know. You know, we've got we now widen our view as, as to who who we know, how we how we communicate, who we communicate with. Yeah. And so I'm I'm hopeful um, that you know the world is changing, and I see, you see it reflected in some of our youth, um, particularly in our youth. And so there's hope. There's, there's not there's definitely hope within um, definitely hope. Not only here in Australia, but I think, yeah, across the globe, that um, the others, the others are holding on and they're turning to violence because it's as though they're fighting a losing battle and they're now getting desperate. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Um, what would <coughs> you? <coughs> that's okay. How? Yeah, so we've talked. <laughs> we've talked a lot about closing the gap, kind of in, like, on a government level. Um, but how would the everyday person going about, how would the everyday person go about kind of contributing towards closing that gap? Um, how long have you got? <laughs> well, the everyday person does that by um, um, buying, you know, when we see uh, going on holiday. You go to holiday, you go to Uluru, you go to, um, you know, the Daintree Rainforest Tour and things like this. So the everyday person can do that because you're pro, then you were promoting uh, uh, Indigenous ecotourism and things like this. You might buy the uh, emu oil or um, balm or whatever, which is you know, an Aboriginal-made you know, Aboriginal product. You might, uh, if you see um, knockoffs of um, Aboriginal art, um, and which we which we see here in Australia, where it's actually painted by Indonesian, but imported by um, people who exploit the Aboriginal designs. You, you may sort of you know, people may turn around and say, "Well, we're not buying that," um, or complain to government, or you know, take them to task and say, "This is not a purely Aboriginal made. This is a, you know, a knockoff." So doing that helps close the gap because you're then you're, you're promoting things that um, you're promoting the the original. Uh, culture, um, you can do that by you know, I guess you know, talking to within education classes uh, within education in your class day. So, what's the Aboriginal point of view on that? Yeah. Or um, then it forces the education the education institutions to turn around and say, well, well, I don't know. Well, can you find out and let me know? This is this is the way we see it, and this is the way we actually start start changing by. If we see something wrong, ask the question why. Yeah. Um, if we, in, and uh, UQ, uh, you know, in its um, to its credit, is starting to do that in leaps and bounds. You know, with um, through Professor Bronwyn Fredericks, um, uh, Professor Tracy Bunda, um, and Keep, and, and then there's a whole range of um, other um, Indigenous um, senior um, uh, academics here at UQ, and we see it with another the rise within the other universities. And I think the students can actually say, well, I want to take an Indigenous class and do on Indigenous knowledge systems or, or whatever. So that then means that they learn something, 
they, of course, in conversations with their friends, that's how it snowballs. Yeah. How important do you think it is to um, address the issue of racism or um, prejudices within the family situation? Because I've definitely been seeing um, a lot of people that I know and myself included um, trying to have these uncomfortable conversations with family members or people that you're um, friends with maybe. I think it is important because, you know, that's how we change. And that's how, don't forget, it's our families um, that influence, influence us before we even have contact with other people. Yeah. So, you know, it's our, our parents that tell us you know, the difference between an apple and an orange, you know, and um, the difference between a Granny Smith apple and a Fuji apple. So, you know, again, so we start to categorise things. And the colours help us do that, and so too the, the taste. Now, they will, as we get older, they will, you know, they will more say, "Oh, you know, this is good, this is bad," and they do that based on what probably what their parents, so their grandparents, have told them. Yeah. But when so when your grandparents are growing up you know, in the forties and fifties and things like that, there are a whole range of things that were you know, bad and good that we may not necessarily as, see as bad as good anymore. And so this is, this is um, I guess, your time. Um, and I think in doing so, you can always say, well, you know, when this conversation comes up, always ask why they believe this way. Yeah. And the other thing I always find is that, you know, quite often I turn around and say, well, look, I'm, I'm not really convinced by your argument yeah. or I'm not convinced. Um, and then when, as they try to justify it, and then you sort of, there's usually some sort of thing that just comes back. I ran across, um, I ran across this Aboriginal person who was, uh, you know, drunk. They're all bloody drunk. And that happened to me when I worked with state government and local government. There were 10 people in a park. There were three Aboriginal people there with them. And they were all drunk. And this person came to me and said, look, there's your mob there. I said, which mob? Those ones there, I said, those Aboriginal people. She said, yeah, see, you're more, all your mob are like that, drunk. I said, so those other seven white people, they're, they're your mob. Oh, no, it doesn't work like that. But why? You know? Yeah. Those, all those Aboriginal people of mine, why can't those, all those white people? No, we're not like that. It's all individual. So it's that stereotype, the generalisation. There's no, just because you see uh, one Aboriginal, if you see... A backpacker drunk, is that prejudice <laughs> you against backpackers? Yeah. No. And but if you see one Aboriginal person drunk, it's a different thing. Because yeah. of all Aboriginal people are drunk. And that's the thing whereby people will do that to have that generalization. You know? Yeah. Or um, and I can remember when it was people would say, uh, these Aboriginal guys raped this woman in Canberra or assaulted her in Canberra. And they turn around and claim Aboriginal law. They said, that's Aboriginal law for us to do that. And, there's, and as I said to people, there's Aboriginal law and there's Aboriginal bullshit law. And that was Aboriginal bullshit law. There's no Aboriginal law uh, or, uh, of, of Indigenous peoples that I'm not aware of that says rape is okay or assault of a woman is okay. So that's, there's those people who are claiming it as, you know, that was completely Aboriginal bullshit law. Yeah. So those sorts of things, and I think that you've got to be aware that 
when most people do it, they do it on the basis of stereotypes. Because as I say, you bite, you, you bite into a Fuji and that's completely biting, it's different to biting into a delicious apple or a you know, royal dal and things like that. So we don't all taste the same. As you said before, the stereotypes or generalization of groups of people. How do you think the stereotypes that people have affect the closing the gap movement? Well, it's like my, it's like the, the, the 40s and 50s, let's go back to that one, because they believe that Aboriginal people couldn't be educated past grade three or grade five. So my, um, my mother, was it wasn't educated past grade three. She then had to go out and work, and that's when they sent out cattle properties. My father's education was grade five because they said, and he was a, a stockman until he um, went and joined the army. Um, and they said they couldn't be we can't be educated past grade five. Um, my brother, you know, my sister is a um, computer programmer. She's also a secondary high school teacher. You know, um, Bachelor of Education. My brother's a master, got his master's in community development, but also a qualified accountant, tax accountant. My um, daughter's one daughter's a paramedic, another one, and she used to work with CSRO and um, microbiology. Um, and one other daughter, she's a, a CPA practicing accountant. So when you start to think about, you know, when you start thinking about stereotypes, um, people say, well, Aboriginal people are dumb. But then I think that when, if you start to look around, I found that in CSIRO. Someone had said to me, I didn't realise there were so many intelligent Aboriginal, Aboriginal people around the place. And I thought to myself, I've got my work cut out for me here. And that was then we found out that as we started to recruit uh, Aboriginal people into cadetships, we started off with marine scientists. You know, there were, we had something like five or six Aboriginal women who, who, who came on as cadets in marine science. We walked our way all the way through the this, this system, worked our way through everywhere that CSR had a footprint in so far as science research. We even had an Aboriginal person in, into astrophysics. So when you start to look at that stereotypes and, that, and how it affects the racism around it, that's where, you, that's where we, and that's what, what it does. You know, when you can find examples where that stereotype is broken, you can find numerous examples of where, you, where that stereotype is broken. Yeah. And I think you'll find it, and I remember someone, a friend of mine, Aboriginal guy, he used to drive a Porsche. And he used to like driving it with the hood down, especially down around Surface Paradise, because the police would stop him, because they think he stole the Porsche. But it was actually his second Porsche. <laughs> so it was that, that sort of thing. They just couldn't believe an Aboriginal person could own so much money that they, they, they would own a Porsche. Yeah. So those sort, sorts of stereotypes are breaking down. And yet we've got Aboriginal people in, in regional Australia and, we, uh, in, and also within cities that you know, suffer all, all forms of racism just on the basis of they can't get jobs. They can't, they, they can't be, be given a break. And this is why we have a lot of educational pathways that we start to build in to break down those barriers, to break down those racial stereotypes and to address those issues that do affect us. Some of those kids that are coming from regional and rural areas are coming into our programs, not only here at UQ, but also um, across other universities. And they're breaking down the barrier that, you know, 
Aboriginal kids can be educated past you know, 10 years old, like grade three, grade five. They can be educated past year 10. They can be you know, electrical engineers and chemical engineers. And I've seen, I've seen examples of that. Yeah. Uh, so the last question I'll ask you, um, I just wanted to know what your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter movement um, is, like in Australia and overseas. I would have liked to see the Black Lives Matter here, and I think that um, I would have liked to see some reports about Native Americans as well, Indigenous um, and Canadians and indi other Indigenous peoples, because yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it before within um, in some of the UN forums I attend, where people are saying that you know Indigenous people have been um, are being murdered again, because of the fact that people want their land, because you know, they're not just murdered in custody. Now, in South America, we see within the Amazon rainforest and some of those um, areas over there where indigenous lands, people are being shot and killed, just in order for people to get for land clearing. And you know, when you've got these atrocities, and we've got you know, a couple of, um, in, uh, one indigenous person here who's from, um, Chile, who's, Chile, who's actually going to do, wants to do a um, research around that area. So it's for us. Yes, we will go to the Black Lives Matter, but it's also about it's about those recommendations of the Royal Commission. There, um, you know, they still need to be addressed, and we still need to address those deaths in custody because it's still occurring. And I think that you know, so fully supportive of Black Lives Matter especially here in Australia, and I think it's one that we know only too well. And, you know, to, um, to join with the, those, uh, with the Americans, the African-Americans, I think is, is opportune time for us to do that. A lot of people say, well, you know, what are they talking about Black Lives Matter? Because they don't realise people are dying, dying in custody here. Yeah. People are, you know, and uh, we, we, don't, we don't have to look too far away to actually see examples of that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Um, I hope we've been able to shed some light on this topic for our listeners. Um, yeah, so thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. We hope you found this episode interesting. See you again next week.